So what should countries do with their citizens who betray state secrets? Hi, this is Phil Gursky, and you're listening to Quick Hits, short podcasts about matters concerning national security and public safety. interesting article in the New York Times on Friday about a man who may be familiar to some of you, probably not most of you. His name is Jonathan Pollard, and he was convicted a long time ago, in 1980s, I believe, for having spied for Israel. Now, he, he was an American citizen. He was actually an intelligence analyst with the U.S. Navy, and he gave a range of classified documents to Israel starting way back in 1984. The U.S. government claimed that he, his disclosures exposed the abilities of the American spy agencies, potentially damaged intelligence collection efforts, and risked exposing CIA and Defense Department secrets. Interestingly, he has completed his parole as of Friday, November the 20th, and he probably is going to emigrate to Israel, the country for which he spied against the U.S. Navy. What do you think of this? Apparently the man has done his time. He certainly served his sentence, paid his dues, I suppose, and yet now he's going to simply turn his back on the country that employed him, the country that trusted him with some fairly sensitive information, and go and live in the country whose bidding he did against his own country. This brings to mind someone who I know you're familiar with, and that's Edward Snowden. He is seen as uh, a hero by many. He, of course, uh, is notorious back in 2013 when he worked for the National Security Agency, uh, or NSA, the American Signals Intelligence Organization, on contract from the CIA. He revealed, he stole a ton of material which revealed global surveillance, not just by NSA, but by the Five Eyes. This is the Anglo-centric intelligence alliance that's been around since the end of the Second World War. So it consists of Australia, Canada, New Zealand, United States, United Kingdom. And he opened a window, a very large window, on the sources and methods of an intelligence agency, which are sacrosanct. That's the one thing you don't do, is you don't betray sources and methods. Now, interestingly, uh, Snowden, this hero, as some call him, ended up in Hong Kong after leaving an NSA facility in Hawaii. That's when he revealed thousands and thousands of NSA documents. Not surprising, the Americans charged him. They charged him with uh, es- under the Espionage Act of 1917 and revoked his passport. So what did Mr. Snowden do next? Well, he flew to Russia. He flew to Moscow. And he was soon granted asylum by Russian authorities. And as of just last month, October, he was granted permanent residency in that country. So what do we think about all this? Here's a guy who swore an oath to protect his country's secrets, to do what he could to further government policy, government plans, government priorities when it comes to intelligence. He saw what he thought was wrong. He had a, I guess a, a crisis of uh, 
Please conscience. He had this feeling that what NSA and its partners were doing was illegal, and he wanted to blow the whistle. Hence, he's been called a whistleblower. Not surprisingly, given where I worked for 32 years, including at CSE, so Communications Security Establishment, the Canadian equivalent to NSA, as well as at CSIS, the Canadian Security Intelligence Service, I'm not a real fan of Edward Snowden, nor am I a fan of Jonathan Pollard. These are people who knew what they were getting into, they knew they had access to very sensitive information, and they knew the penalties to pay should they choose to betray those sources and methods. Mr. Pollard was caught, he was sentenced, he's now getting out. Doesn't seem to have really changed his mind since he's moving to Israel, the country that paid him to spy on America. Edward Snowden, how ironic is this? Edward Snowden complains about American spying, and he gets up in Russia. This is the Russia of Vladimir Putin. This is the Russia that sends out disinformation around the world. This is the Russia that clamps down hard on people trying to revolt in various countries around the world. This is a Russia which is not a friend of the United States and under Putin is becoming very similar to the Soviet Union against whom we fought the Cold War for 75 years. Isn't there a bit of hypocrisy in Mr. Snowden's claim to be a hero and here he is living in Russia? How does he look himself in the mirror in the morning and say he did, he did, he did well? Can he honestly tell himself that it was worth it? Is the world better because of Edward Snowden? I don't know. Today's video is brought to you by my latest book, When Religion Kills, a look at how the so-called faithful in many religions advocate murder in the name of their God. Buy it today. Just click on the link in the text portion of this podcast. There are problems within the intelligence community, and there are things that have to be corrected. The issue underlying all of this is that the intelligence world, to my mind, and again, I worked there for more than three decades, is far too secretive. A lot of what they do must remain under wraps for reasons we all understand, but there has to be some kind of way to have a dialogue, to have a debate, to put issues on the table that we may think need to be discussed, or maybe limits are being pushed, and maybe where laws are being stretched. Those dialogues need to be held internally, and by internally I mean it in two ways, internally within the organization and internally within the country which houses the intelligence agency. The wrong way to do it is to do what Edward Snowden did, steal a bunch of secrets, put them down his underwear, I don't know where he put them, get on a plane, end up in Hong Kong, and then tell the world what's happening. Was there no internal mechanism in NSA to do this? Was there no way for him to express his concerns to management? I don't know. I don't work for NSA. And I know that in my career, there, there were ways to raise objections. There were ways to have dialogue. It was perfect. Absolutely not. And there have been people in Canada who have left stealing secrets. People like Mike Frost, again from my old organization, CSE, wrote a book way back in the 1990s about CSE operations. I, I work for a woman called Jane Shorten who had a crise conscience and decided to tell the world about what we call Section 16 collection, Foreign Intelligence Collection, in Canada. Is this the right way to go about it? Jane Shorten's running around free. Mike Frost is running around free if he's still alive. Edward Snowden's running around free in Russia. There's got to be a better way, folks. There's got to be a better way to have an honest adult conversation about intelligence, what it is, why we do it, how we should do it, 
what restrictions should be in place, what oversight bodies should be in place. I know that in my own country, in Canada, CSIS, which was created back in 1984, through the CSIS Act, fully two-thirds of the CSIS Act are devoted to oversight. CSIS has got to be the most oversought, oversighted, overseen, I'm not sure the participle is there, spy organization in the world. Is it perfect? Of course it's not perfect. But there are those bodies, organizations, agencies, mechanisms, institutions, whatever, in place to keep tabs on things. It is not acceptable for an employee to decide, his or herself, that he or she is above the law and wants to tell the world about intelligence or spying. That's not the way it works, folks. If you don't don't like it, get out and keep your pie hole shut. This is not the way that we have to, this debate has to happen. Now, we'll see what happens with Jonathan Pollard. I'm sure the Israelis see him as a hero for having spied on their best ally way back in the 1980s and 1990s. How's this going to affect the U.S.-Israel alliance? Well, Donald Trump didn't care because Donald Trump doesn't care about anything. It might complicate matters for the Biden administration. As for Edward Snowden, I hope he rots in Russia and doesn't come home for what he did. What do you think? What do you think about whistleblowers when it comes to intelligence? Do you think there's enough oversight? Is the debate robust enough? Drop me a line. You can reach me on email, borealisrescue.gmail.com or on Twitter at borealisaves. You'll also find me on LinkedIn and Facebook. If you like the content want to hear more, go to my website, borealisthreatenverse.com. Hit the subscribe button. You'll find all the material, blogs, podcasts, media interviews, perspectives, Canadian Intelligence Day. Give me your email address. You'll get a free daily digest to your inbox every morning. Love to hear your, your input, what you think of this matter and others, ideas for future podcasts and blogs. I'll talk to you again soon. Until then, stay safe.